You're listening to the MoneyWeb SAFM Market Update Podcast. It's Monday, it's personal finance, and we're digging into trusts. Uh, why would you set up a trust, what it all means, and uh, what the best way is to go about doing that. I'm joined on the line by the director at Crew Invest, that's Eric Jordan, to take a look at this. Eric, good evening, thanks for the time. Why would one want to set up a trust? What, what would be the purpose of doing such? Uh, first of all, good evening, Jimmy. Thanks a lot for the opportunity. Yes, trust is quite a, a complex uh, structure to use, and you need to be very clear about what your purpose is for why you would want to use a trust and what your outcomes are that you're looking for. Often, trusts are used for situations where you might have an individual who are not able to take uh, care of their own financial affairs. Uh, you want to be able to provide for that person, so a trust would be a, a good solution for a situation like that where you can have people who can manage assets on that person's behalf. And that is generally the the original purpose of why trust came about and, and, and why people use trusts. So if you're going to become the president, you would need to put uh, the faith of your portfolio in the hands of someone else whilst you are president to avoid a conflict of interest. Well, at least that's what we hope. Uh, um, Eric, the where do we start with the trust? What, what do we need to know? Because obviously there's a lot of different important factors to be wary of. But where where do you start even before you get the trust in place? Correct. Yeah, so the, the first place to start when considering a trust is, is to understand what your purpose of, for the trust is and what you're trying to achieve by setting up that trust. So that would be your first and most important aspect. So once you're clear about what the purpose of that trust needs to be and what it needs to achieve, the next step would then be to see what type of trust you should be using and how you should go about setting up that trust. So you can, as a start, you can consider depending on what the purpose of the trust would be whether you would want a living or inter vivos trust, so that's a trust that you set up now while you're still alive, or whether you want to use a testamentary trust as an example, where typically where you've got minor children and you want them to inherit from your estate, a, a testamentary trust would be an appropriate vehicle for that person um, to, to use. So that would be your, your starting point. So once you're clear about what your purpose is, what type of trust vehicle you want to use, The next step would be whether you want to have it as what we call a discretionary trust, and that is where the trustees that you appoint to manage those assets have a discretion in terms of how they can allocate assets, income, or capital to the trust beneficiaries. So that would be the one aspect, or whether you want a vested trust, so there your beneficiaries that you appoint have got vested rights to receive income or capital in a specific proportion from a trust on an annual basis. Eric, are trusts uh, treated differently from a tax point of view? And if so, what, what are the implications around that? And what other administrative differences does a trust bear that you might need to familiarize yourself with before you set one up or even as you are setting one up? Sure, yes. So from a tax perspective, it can be quite a complex uh, field to navigate as trusts are taxed differently to what an individual or a company, as an example, would be. So a trust, we look at whether the income that the trust earns or the taxable income that the trust earns for a specific year, whether or not that income is distributed to the beneficiaries in the year, 
or not. If that is not a taxable income, is not distributed in that tax year to the beneficiaries, the trust itself becomes liable for the tax, and the trust pays tax at a flat rate of 45%. So that's quite a punitive tax rate uh, to, to bear. Alternatively, you, the trustees could vest that taxable income in the beneficiaries, in which instance the beneficiaries become liable for the tax on that specific income. So it can be quite, quite, quite uh, um, technical and a, quite a tricky aspect to navigate, which brings me to the next point in terms of who do you bring into that to help administer that trust and to ensure that the trust itself is run properly. So that becomes important to consider who you want to appoint as the trustees of that trust, how you draft your trust deed and what the powers are that's provided to the trustees. And then lastly is considering whether or not you need to bring in independent people, professionals who can help administer that trust. Because if the administration of the trust is not done properly, all that hard work could come to to no effect and the purpose of the trust could could not be could not be achieved. Plus you might run into quite considerable tax issues that you might not have wanted. Mm. Some of the other issues you could uh, run into as well uh, would be around uh, the investments as well. Eric, can a trust invest in offshore assets for its uh, beneficiaries? Yeah, so unfortunately a local trust is not entitled to to invest into direct offshore investments. Uh, Exchange control regulations at this point in time do not allow a local South African trust to, to to remit money offshore into into foreign currency. So the only um, way for a local South African trust to get exposure to offshore investments would be via um, feeder funds where you have invest into local random-nominated uh, investments, but you can get your indirect offshore exposure through, through that way. Mm. Eric, as we wrap up our show, um, the... There are good things to trusts, but there are also uh, some negative things. I mean, people use words like alter ego trusts and and sham trusts. And what do we need to know about those that you need to stay away from when you're setting up your trust? And what uh, what do you need to do to ensure that your trust doesn't get classified as an alter ego trust, for example? Yes. Yeah, so unfortunately, in, uh, trusts have often been misused for people who want to achieve goals which were not really uh, in line with what the purpose of the trust would be. So as an example, when we talk about an alter ego trust, that would be a place where a, an individual, a founder who sets up the trust, does not give up control over those assets and keeps on using the assets as if it was his own assets. In that instance, um, if any claims arise against the individual and they would want to, to, to attach the assets of the trust, they would, as an example, be able to prove or show that those assets, although it was registered in the, in the name of the trust, the founder did not give up control over those assets and therefore it would be deemed to be his personal assets. So that, that, again, shows in terms of how important it is for the administration of the trust to be done properly, trustee meetings to be held on a regular basis, resolutions it's taken, that there is input from all trustees uh, to show that it's not merely just the founder 
continued using those assets as if it was his own, uh, when it was still in his own personal capacity. Well, we'll leave it at that. Uh, there you have it, folks. If you're looking at setting up a trust, do your research, do your homework before you get involved. There are different implications, and you certainly don't want to be on the wrong side of that. That was Eric Yordan, who's the director at Crew Invest, sharing with us uh, what you need to consider before you set up a trust. You've been listening to another MoneyWeb SAFM Market Update podcast, uploaded weekdays at 7 p.m. For more MoneyWeb podcasts, go to moneyweb.co.za or the app and follow MoneyWeb News for daily updates.